Play analysis, Devin Nash be on the mic, so you know it's hella lit. Better plug your headphones in on Apple Podcasts, and we up on Spotify. Ooh, on Anchor too, no parachute, we so fly. We talking sports and music, what's the newest in that culture? Better stream, yeah, you better tune in. It ain't gonna cost ya. We talking sports and music, what's the newest? Got exclusives, yeah, we do this play by play. Follow the page, eh? If you don't know, don't worry about it. Ladies and gentlemen, the People's Champion is back in business. We are back in business. It's been a minute. I know y'all missed us. We had to touch on some very sensitive subjects in my previous episode because this is an educational platform. But we also ignorant as fuck, too. So shout out to my boy, Jamal Brown is back. It is the D1 Ignite University's finest, Dean of Ignite's. Jamal Brown. What's going on, sir? Man, what's good, everybody? In case you don't know, I am always down for uh, educational purposes. In case y'all don't know, I'm in the running for the reboot of Reading Rainbow. But, you know, it's the ignorant rainbow. So we only read DMX lyrics to kids. But, uh, yeah, that's, you know, DMX was for the kids. I get to sing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in his voice every day. But, you know... This is what we do in Ignit in Ignitville and Ignitlantia. So um yeah, we here and I'm gonna give you the play by play with an analysis. Amen, amen, amen. It's the play by play analysis podcast. It's your boy Devin Nash PSKA play by play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. Before we start anything, I just wanna say free Palestine. All right. With that being said, um, it's another week in the NFL. It's another week in college football. NBA basketball starting. MLB playoffs are wrapping up. WNBA playoffs have wrapped up. We got a lot to talk about today. Obviously, because we are American, we're going to start with American football because that's just how we are. The, the, the world revolves around America. Because next year is, is an Olympic year. And though we all have our own, our own issues with, with America and all the bullshit it's been through and put us through, when it comes to Olympic time, it's USA, USA. No, USA. no, no. These days, I've been like, "Fuck the U.S." in the Olympics too. But, but, yes, to a lesser degree, USA, USA, USA. Yeah. Just think of it this way: the Olympics, at least the Summer Olympics, are really just a competition of which country got the best niggas. Right, or their versions of it. You got niggas, wiggers, triggers. Like, w- despite you know, except for a few events, you know, like. Men's gymnastics, I we we don't really dominate that. But women's gymnastics, there's a move called the Biles for a reason. You know, we just women track in general. Let, let's not even go there. Like right. if you if you not a, a melanated country, you have no chance. No chance. No chance whatsoever. You know, it's got to the point. Simone Biles, they they banned her from doing her own moves because she's the only one that could do them. Like, what is you, it about? What is it about sports? By the way, where. Rather than acknowledge people's greatness, hey, everybody can't do this, so we're going to ban it. What is it with participation culture? That's the, whether it's the tush push in the NFL, Simone Biles and her moves, critical race theory. Why is it y'all want to cancel everything just because one segment of the population can't do it? I don't know. I was, I was just going to talk about, you know, the brotherly shove. Right. Like, look, 
My Chargers done tried that shit multiple times this year and failed miserably. People want to take, people keep talking about, oh, it's not aesthetically pleasing and it's taken away from the entertainment value. Y'all are just telling on yourselves, bro. This is football, bro. Y'all want to turn this into performance art. This is football. Like, you know. That, that just shows me they don't know anything about the history of the football because we really didn't start throwing the ball for real, for real, to the mid-80s, early 90s. Like, before then, quarterbacks was having 12, 13 passes a game. Now, that's a half. Right, so that's a quarter, really, if we're being honest. Everybody throwing 47 times a game, which is what gets me to my first point. We are going to start in the National Football League because, obviously, I got a bone to pick with a certain football team in the nation's capital because I need to understand something, right? I need to understand everything because I don't understand what the fuck is going on. What in the hell is happening? What, you know, I need to, Jamal, I need to tell you something. So... You know, obviously, I don't I don't live in D.C. anymore. Obviously, I live in Connecticut now. But like when I you know, whenever I come home or, you know, whenever I'm home stopping by and I'm listening to D.C. radio, you know, like D.C. radio is some of the most cynical radio like of any uh, market in the U.S., I feel like in terms of the Washington, in terms of its football team. Nobody. I mean, I'm talking the people that were calling in, the hosts themselves. A lot of people were terrified that what ended up happening is exactly what was going to happen. Because for some reason, the New York Giants, we always play the Eagles well. Dallas is always a coin toss. It depends on the year with them. But we always play Philadelphia well, even if we don't beat them. For some reason, the Giants got our number. It don't matter if we go to the it don't matter what the rosters look like on paper. We're always the better team. But every time we go up into New Jersey in particular and then even when they come down to us, but like especially when we go up into the Meadowlands, it don't matter what the team look like. It could be like they said, niggas was getting signed off the couch this week. Tyrod Taylor playing. We ain't seen that man playing forever. The only time he plays when he playing the field with Drea like. And it didn't matter at all. They still find a way to sneak out of there with a victory. I do not understand. Six sacks. Seven points. To put up seven points against that defense. Against that defense. Put up seven points in the NFL is pitiful. It's pitiful. But especially against a defense that was shorthanded. I don't care what they did the the previous. But I knew the week before what they did against Buffalo. I knew it wasn't going to be no cakewalk. But you give up six sacks. You probably should have had a pick six. But Thibodeau got the hands of bricks. And... You know, like <sighs> Saquon was looking like Saquon. Saquon was looking, and he'd been injured. Nigga been injured. Daniel Jones wasn't even playing, and you know, thank God Daniel Jones wasn't playing because it could have been a massacre. Because every time he played against us, he looked like Joe Montana out there. So it it, it just <sighs> why 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 are we forgetting what was the most entertaining part <laughs> of y'all's game? It's post game. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm gonna get to that, but I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I don't really get, like, I know I'm, I'm joking right now. I don't get high on wins. There's a reason for that, and this is exactly why. I don't get high when they win, and I don't get bothered when they lose anymore because I'm over it. Like, Daniel Snyder leaving didn't change shit for me. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, I still observe this team from a distance, but I do want to get to the point of one of the greatest post game interviews that we will see this year. It was it was it was it was just chef's kiss. Jonathan Allen, as soon as you open the video and see the outfit he's wearing, you knew exactly what type of shit he was on. You knew what time he was on from the get go. We, we got to give a pause moment 
And shout out to our man, Ryan Clark. This is why it's so important to have black men in media right. who recognize what the fuck was going on. Right. This man was in the locker room in a do-rag, shades, button-down shirt with his chest out. That whole fit tells me some shit about to go down. Shit's about to get real. And most importantly, all all the all the colored minority folks with short haircuts, y'all gonna know what I'm about to say. He had on a do-rag, but has no waves. No waves. No waves. Had, I know that like, struggle. I know that struggle. But not like he got a short haircut and they just ain't waved up. He has hair. Like he has two or three inches of hair off the top of his head. He has on a do-rag. That is a nigga. That is a nigga in a nigga habitat. <laughs> that is nigga performing nigga tree. Only thing missing, he probably was wearing Tim's. I wouldn't have been shocked if he was wearing Tim's with dress clothes. He he was definitely wearing Tim's with dress clothes or slides with dress clothes. Tim's and what slacks. He was definitely wearing Tim's and slacks. He was like, yo, this man pulled up and chose all type of violence. Like, I mean, just violence from the from the outfit, like you said. As soon as he started asking questions, I'm like Oh Lord, somebody's gonna ask the wrong question and he's just gonna just bust a cap in somebody. Like it was like, yo, this jump was coming. But honestly, that whole post game experience is exactly how every fan in Washington, DC has felt for the last twenty four years. He's only had to deal with it for seven. We've had to deal with it for twenty four. We've I'm, dealt with it. I'm right there with you. You know uh, question. Are female reporters allowed in the locker room post game? Yeah, since 19, I want to say sometime in the, it's, it's been for the last 30 or 40 years now. Okay, so yeah. female reports are allowed in the locker room. I feel like the only thing that could have saved that amount of ignorance, if a, if a black woman had asked him those questions, I feel like he would have had a much lighter response and not have been so, so, mean, so mean about it. But again, I can't blame him. Does it frustrate I, you? Fuck yes, it does. <laughs> It fucking sucks. And Scully, as you and me are both fans of horribly run franchises, yep. we we all have views. Like we not on the field, but damn it, we understand. We're both we, more. We, we're more so. The both of us are more so observers now. We I don't, I don't know if we'd call either one of us fans anymore. We oh, we observe from a distance. I'm a fan simply because I've dedicated much of my personality to this shit. Like ignorant men, men. We choose our favorite sports teams at like five, six, seven years old. Yeah, you're like, this is us. This is us. You know, you know how much Charger stuff I have in my life. You know how many times I've said Bolt Gang. I probably said Bolt Gang more times than my name. H T T R. We this, we that. Like I was on the team. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now I'd be saying they. You know, like it's, it's hilarious. It's like, and every time I think I'm gonna jump off the. The bandwagon, and it's like, you know, some, I'm just, I'm always kind of like, I'm the guy that kind of jumps off, but my foot gets caught, so I'm getting dragged along in the gravel. Like, ah, ah, bleh. Yeah, ah, so it's like, I'm not all the way off, but like, clearly I'm hanging on by thread. It's like, do y'all know the only reason most men know colors is because of their sports team? They sports team. Like, Scully, y'all are more maroon than y'all are burgundy, right? Well, now, yeah. I mean, we used to be burgundy, but they changed the number See, scheme. See, go, go ask somebody who's not a sports fan what's the difference between maroon and burgundy. Niggas ain't never seen maroon. Well, they probably have, but just didn't know what it was. So. Niggas don't know maroon. Like, but, why, 
Why do I know the difference between powder blue and royal blue? Because they're both the most... Y'all got the most amazing uniforms in the NFL. And be wasting them every week. Because let's talk about the Chargers, bro. What the hell? I don't understand the Chargers, man. Like, And, and, and I know you don't either because you've been watching them longer than me. But I, I just... I don't understand... what Even back going back to when they were in San Diego. I just... I don't understand the Chargers. Year after year, some of the best talent in the National Football League across the board. You got a quarterback with a generational arm. You have a running back in Austin Eckler who is, who, is, who is really, really good. Really good when he's healthy. You know, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are not scrubs. You know, that defense, especially that secondary, is full of just really good players. You got Derwin James. You know, Asante Samuel Jr. is good when he wants to be. Uh, and then, of course, you have, you know... <laughs> He's, that's that's he's, your favorite racist on the D-line. Right. Yeah. He, well, his brother, at least. You know, this is the... You know, he's up there. Khalil Mack has six sacks in the game. We ain't heard from him since. Like, it, 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 I, y'all have the talent. And I just don't understand. It hasn't mattered who the coach is. Because at this point, Brandon Staley could get fired. And it still won't matter. <laughs> like, what is going on? <clears throat> You know how they say you you gotta you gotta cut you gotta cut the head you gotta kill it from the top. Yeah. We have bad ownership. We have bad management. We have soft coaches, and now it's finally starting to look like it's finally starting to look like he done lost the locker room. Yep. Austin Eckler had a had a post game interview, and if you know anything about Austin Eckler, he is the most upbeat, hard working just ready to put his nose to the grindstone and work type of guy because he's an undrafted free agent from Western Colorado. Right. The, he, all he knows is work, work. And if you lose Eck, if you lose Austin Eckler, dog, you, 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 are, you are all kinds of fucking up. And our game was a tale of two halves. First half, defense was doing what defense does, not playing defense. But I'm like, cool, our offense is at least – at least keeping up, you know, Kansas City's defense is good, but it ain't great. So, you know, Herbo's out there slanging and danging, doing his thing. Um, second half comes full flip. Defense actually acts like they know how to play. Because the first half, Travis Kelsey damn near had 300 yards himself. Yeah, I'm but exactly. in fairness to Travis Kelsey, he, you know, when, you're, when your girlfriend's in attendance. But that's the thing. We have the best answer to Taylor NFL. Swift. We oh, have the best sorry. No, yeah. The- <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> the Chargers have the best answer in the NFL to a guy like Travis Kelsey. Nobody can stop him. Like, like, like let's be real. Like, He's going to the yeah. for, for a reason. No one can stop him. But Derwin James can at least slow him down. Right. Like, it, I'm running a box in one. Like, this is fucking basketball. Hey, everyone else, I don't give a fuck what you doing. Derwin, that is your nigga. And that white man, that is your man. He's the only man I've seen pick that man up and pile drive him into the ground. The only person I've I, ever seen do that. To, to I don't care about it. I don't care if you do nothing else, Derwin. If you don't make a single tackle the rest of this game, if you cover that white man, I ain't going to say shit to you. The right. rest of y'all, it, Derwin, I need you and Kelsey to play one-on-one street football. That's what we're doing today. That's the what we're doing today. I don't know. That is exactly what we're doing. And it's just like... Yeah, like you said, the defense finally decided to show up, and then the offense didn't show up. <laughs> it's like two weeks ago, offense, so we go back to week one. Offense gave y'all 34, and defense said, nope, that's cool. 
36. 36. <laughs> like, it just, it, every week is something. It's like, bro, one side is like, hey, we're going to do it this week. You, and this is what, like you said, it, Stanley, at this point, I don't know how he makes it through the rest of the season if they keep it going. And look, it's been like this for years. Whatever happens, come third quarter, we just decide we don't want to play football no more and we just stop. You know what I think it is? You know what I think it is? I think we talked about this offline. It's, 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 it's living in California. You know, you can't have it all. You know, you, you either have California weather and California lifestyle or you have good football team. You can't have it all. You know? I, I mean... That's what I think it is. Curse. 49ers are doing it. No, that, that, that's Northern Cal. That's different. <laughs> Y'all are in Southern Cal. Northern Cal is nasty. It's cold. It's nasty. It's cold. It's expensive. Southern Cal, good weather, palm trees. A cold... A cold beach is a crazy concept for me. It is until I went up there and, and felt it for myself when it was 55 degrees on the 4th of July. It's nasty in San Francisco. It's disgusting up there. What? What? You? Why? I don't know. I don't know if I, I just, I must have went at a bad time of year. That It, was, it must have just been a bad year because I was coming right after they had had a drought. <laughs> so, like, it, it was the crazy, I, I swear to you, it was the craziest thing I ever experienced. 55 degrees on July 4th. Nah, somebody, somebody have to die. I'm blowing something up because that's not okay. That's not okay. But that's what that's, I'm saying. That, that's why San Francisco, they got it up there. It's nasty. It's cold. Southern California and L.A. And, and, and San Diego back when y'all were there. Like, that's why. Y'all can't have it all. I, I guess because, you know. That's the, only, I, that's the only logical explanation I can come up with because there's nothing else that makes sense to me with that much talent. I, I, all I care about is, all right, we're two and four. Let's get to tanking. Let's go get uh, Brock Browder from uh, tight end from Georgia. Brock Browder's here. Um, Brock Browder's, we need, we need another target. And, you know, tight end's a good safety net. We ain't had a white tight end since our since my man, uh, Double H, Hunter Henry, left us to go to New England. And, you know, Herbo loved Hunter Henry. You know, we need some white folk on the offense. Right. We do. Right. I feel like every successful offense has one elite white guy. Yeah, he's playing quarterback. That don't count because he can't run the routes himself. That's Lamar. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, you need you need one you need one tough as nails slot wide receiver who, quote unquote, does everything the right way and is quote unquote scrappy and and fights tooth and nail. You know all the all the white stereotypes. You, you need you need one guy like that. Yeah, he's not a, the most athletic guy in the world, but he's cerebral. You know, you know the the dog whistling. Definitely got it up here. You know, every offense needs a little dog whistle. So, so yeah, yeah. Now, speaking of dog whistles, um, let's talk about America's favorite racist. Nick Bosa and the 49ers look like hot garbage on Monday night. A week after looking like hot garbage. Actually, matter of fact, there's a lot of teams that look like hot garbage this week. That, you know, the Buffalo Bills, fraud. Fraudulent frauds. They, 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 they it, it, bro. We saw the week one against the Jets, and we thought, okay, hey, that's an aberration. They went on a little winning, they went on a nice little winning streak. We thought it was an aberration. You know, they beat the brakes off Miami, and we're like, okay, the Bills are back, the Bills are back, whatever. And then they go up to London and just lay an egg against Jacksonville. Granted, that Jacksonville plays better in London than they do in America, but that's not that's not a big deal. Jacksonville home field. Why we act like that's not the best home field advantage in football? It is. We would think that, right? Okay. But then they come back home and the Giants game. Like, 
Daniel Jones is out. The offensive line is signing people from off their couch. Literally, dude said it in his interview. Literally, off the couch. <laughs> off the couch university. Uh, came down to one missed pass interference away from potentially losing that game. You know, okay, but they win. A win is a win, whatever, okay. And then last week, you got the Patriots are done. Like, done. They, they, they had thrown in the towel. Mac Jones was on his way out. Bill Belichick's on his way to getting fired. Just the sky is falling in New England. Bill O'Brien's trash. Bill Belichick's trash. Everything's trash, right? And you go into New England, and what do you do? Whatever the hell y'all did. Whatever you want to call that. But is this story different from what the Bills have been telling us the last five years since Josh Allen took over to him? Nope. They're going to be. They're going to look good for a little bit. They're going to be inconsistent. And their, be- their best chance they ever had was when they let uh, Patrick Mahomes go 60 yards up the field in 12 seconds. I was about to say, one incredible game between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes made this man's entire reputation. And then after that, it was, hey, we can't really play with the big boys. It's this, a mess. I, I think Josh Allen, is, Josh Allen is talented, but he simply does not have that it. Factor, he don't which got is, that dog in him. He got that dog in him, which is cool when you play an average opponent. But when you meet someone who got that dog, which you gonna meet after the first round of the playoffs, well, you want to talk about a team who've been cursed? Now the Chargers, we curse right now, but we ain't go to three straight Super Bowls and lose all three of them. Bitches. Four, 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 four. That's that's even worse. That's even worse. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying. Whatever angel y'all pissed off in heaven, him and God like this. Hmm. It's a mess. It's like, it's the thing because it's like, you know, the funniest thing is Stefan Diggs definitely got that dog in him. I don't know why it's not transferring to Josh Allen. He just be, no, Josh Allen, somebody made the joke and, and this makes perfect sense to me. Josh Allen plays the way somebody would play if they were using Josh Allen in Madden. Mm-hmm. That is literally how he plays. He just be Throwing a bunch of fucking balls. <laughs> He'd be out here rolling out 15 Fuck yards back, balls. just throwing it up. Diggs is He'd down there somewhere. The yeah. He'd be throwing the ball like a pissed off kid in the backyard. Right. Which I appreciate because we don't talked about this before. I'm tired of us treating quarterbacks like they didn't sign up to play football too. Right. Like he's the biggest nigga on the field who don't have his hand in there. Right. Can we get the man a running game? Like somebody? Well, he okay. So he had one this year, but then his running back knocked himself out against New York and had to get ambulanced off the field. But he did have one before that, in theory, because you had the you had the brimstone and fire because you had Damian Harris and Latavius Murray that come in here for the brimstone and Maybe James Cook with, and James Cook. Years old. Right, he is. But and then yeah, James Cook is supposed to be, but he's young, so it's weird. Like you said. Josh Allen literally is Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are the offense. Like Josh Allen runs the ball and then he throws it to Stephon Diggs, and because nobody can, nobody on planet Earth can cover Diggs, he's always open. It, it works, but I'm literally saying, always open. All these running backs who are on the market this year, and y'all's backup backup is seventy-five year old Latavius Murray, one hundred and fifty-seven years old Latavius Murray, been running. <laughs> it's like why why are we doing this like jonathan taylor was struggling all off season y'all y'all want to go get him 
Well, you would have had to give up some capital to get him. And, and you know, they already don't care about running backs as it is. So we're not going to give up a first round pick for no Jonathan Taylor. Man, Just to still run Josh Allen anyway. Because they were going to bring Josh. What, what, what? <laughs> yeah. No. I'm still not having a 75-year-old running back as my backup. I'd rather have a young, inexperienced guy who can at least take some damn hits. Right. James Cook. So, yeah. So that's the Bills side, right? Now let's flip over to the other side. The, the, the San Francisco 49ers, okay. People want to make all the excuses in the world. Like, oh, yeah, Debo got hurt and Trent Williams got hurt and they, they didn't have a Caffrey against Cleveland. And this, da, 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 da. All right? I ain't trying to hear all that. <laughs> yeah. Rock Purdy is who y'all say he is, which I don't think he's bad. This doesn't make him a bad. Like, I, I don't suddenly think he's some terrible. Cool. But that, that Shanahan system is undefeated. Let's just put it that way. Brock Purdy is who we thought he was. Anyone with common damn sense would tell you, look. The ultimate game manager. The ultimate game manager. Brock Purdy is good. He's serviceable. His only job every Sunday is don't be a dumbass and don't turn the ball over. He is given the keys to a Porsche and told do not crash it. And he has a driver's license. Like, that's all you got to do. All the skill guys, hey. When in doubt, Debo down there somewhere. Actually, when in doubt, CMC in the backfield 10 feet away from you. Toss it to the white man. Let him take care of it. The defense, hey, we, we damn near like, like the 2000 Ravens. It's like, hey, y'all give me 20 points because today's NFL, you can't just have 14. Right. Y'all give me 20 points, we can take care of the rest. Yep. Give me 20 points and we will win this game 20 to 17. Or we might even spot you two extra touchdowns and give you two pick sixes or something. I fuck around and give you some points. <laughs> right. But. So, yeah. Like you said, like, bro, this is literally Christian McCaffrey, like you said. We haven't seen white flight like this since the 60s. This this, this, this here, man, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I've not seen a white man run the football like this since pre-segregation. <laughs> like Bear Bryant. Himself. I ain't seen a white man fly like that since the Wright brothers. The Wright brothers. And we know how that flight ended. So it's like it, it, it just you have all the web like that. This is what I keep always saying that people used to talk about. Oh, Jimmy G is a winner. And he no, 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 no. Quarterback stats, first of all, is not a reflective measure of like anything like oh, QB wins is not a is not a just a QB stat. And Jimmy G is proof of that. Secondly, I always said he is a he. The difference with Jimmy G and Brock Purdy to me is that Jimmy G, the, 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 the 49ers always won in spite of him, not because of him. Brock Purdy is somebody they can win because of. Like, oh, we won because Brock Purdy did what he had to do and he got the ball out to the right people. But also, like, bro, eventually he was going to lose some games. He wasn't just going to keep coasting. Like, now we want to see what are you going to do when your back's against the wall? You're, you've lost two games. You've looked terrible in two games. You, you got your, your weapons missing. Literally the best one of the top five football players in the NFL wasn't playing on set on, on, on Monday night, Trent Williams. Um, so it's like, now we, we going to see what, what, what you going to do. And now, and let's not act like the 49ers, you know, aren't used to catching the injury bug. Hell, the only reason Brock Purdy is playing football is because of the injury bug. Right. Like let's act like they didn't go through two quarterbacks last year. Like CMC, well, like three, damn near. Like, <laughs> he didn't get hurt at a certain point last year. Right. Like Debo didn't get hurt at a certain point last year. 
This is what this team does. As talented as they are, what's held them back the last five years or so, except, you know, the guy named Pat Mahomes, has been injuries. Yep. So now, Brock Purdy, now, do I think Brock Purdy is more talented than Jimmy G? Yeah, but ain't neither one of them, you know, superstar mega talent. But if you got that skill position group, don't be a dumbass and just don't turn the ball over. Just don't you do, do You do slightly more than the bare minimum. With that offense, you can get 28 points. Yep. Which they do every week. Except yesterday. And and you got a solid O-line. Trent Williams being out does hurt, but, you know, losing a top five, top ten player in the NFL would hurt anything. Right. (laughs) So, and he'll be back because, you know, Trent is tough. He'd be playing through crazy stuff. Like, I don't know how he'd be playing through half of that stuff. So, Because linemen only play the game to hit people. They're and psychotic. There's there's no glory in being an offensive lineman. Like, true. How many D linemen can you name off the top of your head? Oh, I can name I'll, a lot of them. Because, but that's just The me. answer is 20, 25 of them, right? Yeah. How many offensive linemen can you name off the top of your head? I, I get, I get Maybe like, like four. Seven. I'd be like four. I'd be like Trent Williams, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. All right. Not counting the ones on your team? Like... I don't even know the ones on my own team. <laughs> it's like, bro, my old line is terrible. I don't know them niggas. Like, if you took away the five guys on my old line that I can name, shit, it might be five. Like Trent Williams, Zach Martin. You got the next Trent Williams. Y'all got Rashawn Slater. Oh, Slater. That boy's Slater a stone is a, wall. Don't know. Hey, He's a monster. Go ask Michael Parsons. Yeah. Michael Parsons learned back to back weeks. Hey, don't fuck with Trent Williams. <laughs> Don't fuck with Rashawn Slater. This is like, don't let shit through. He, he don't let nothing through. He don't let nothing slide. But I couldn't tell as uh, another team with a great O-line. The 49ers have a great O-line. I only outside know Trent of, Williams. Outside, Trent Williams couldn't tell you none of them. Couldn't tell none of their names. None. Uh, none of them niggas. I don't know them people. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, like the Eagles, I know their O-line because they're just so good that you always hear about them. Jason Kelsey's all over the place because, you know, his brother's fucking that straight back woman and yeah, then but we know more jason kelsey because he's famous now not really because of his of his play well i we i knew him because we played the eagles so i i, I know mean, that but but yeah. had you asked three years ago who's jason kelsey i've been like Travis and i knew him, i knew him for that super bowl speech when he had that hat on and and, and he walked in and he said yo that the, one of the greatest super bowl parade speeches i've ever seen it's the funniest thing I mean, he is a Kelsey. He is a Kelsey. It makes total sense. And then Jordan Mailata is just a mountain of a man. And I only know him because he's a mountain of a man. <laughs> he's Samoan and he used to play rugby and now he's stoning niggas in the NFL. That's, that's kind of what. Well, but let's know how athletic he really is. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. It's, it's crazy. But... Yeah, say all that to say that this year is an interesting year to me in the NFL because for 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 finally, the, the main thing is that there are no teams that really stand out. Nobody, even the we thought the 49ers, but even they really are not like unbeatable. Like there is no team in the NFL this year where it's just like, bro, who is going to stop them? Like all of these teams could get it on any given weekend, which norm, I mean, it's the NFL, so you expect that. But even more so this year. 
the the whole thing we always say anybody can be named by one time this year is like the epitome of that it don't matter who's playing like bro cleveland has beaten they beat the best team in the nfl with a backup quarterback <laughs> then the following weekend follow that up with that backup quarterback coming back in and having one of the craziest comeback wins that he had even though he had help from the refs but that's neither here nor there you got miami wow. Miami can't beat no playoff teams. They beat all. They beat up on bad teams, but they can't beat nobody with a good record. Miami, Miami can't beat anybody who actually plays defense. And now I, I'm two for two on that. Like, yeah, go. You can whoop on the Chargers. Uh, put 36 points on them. Yeah, but let's not forget they still put 34 points on you. Right. Uh, you got curb stomped by Buffalo. Got curb stomped by Philly. Like, and then said oh. Buffalo team goes up and lays an egg against New England. So like you you don't know who to trust. There's nobody you can trust. The Bengals are terrible this year. <laughs> can't forget our Golden Boys in Kansas City look beat look against any team worth the damn. They look beatable. They look very beatable. Like, they don't look bad by any means. Because hell, when you got Pat Mahomes back there, I don't think you'll ever be bad. But it's like, hey, look, Pat Mahomes isn't playing his best football right now. Uh, their best receiver, who's not named Travis Kelsey. I, I, Sky Moore, maybe. Sky Moore, maybe Rishay Rice. Harman. I like. Look, there's a reason y'all let Nicole Harmon walk because he clearly wasn't that good in y'all's eyes. But y'all needed somebody else, so you're like, "Fuck it, let's bring a guy who knows the plays." Mm-hmm. And it's like the defense. Also, I think we're we're talking a lot about offense. The defenses this year have gotten better too. Like Cleveland's defense is incredible. It's a we shame. Last year. It's a shame that they're being wasted. But they're even better than they were last year. That's what I'm saying. Like it's a shame they're being wasted by the MVP, most valuable predator, Deshaun Watson, continually, continuously being hurt the way he hurt those women. Um, and 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 then you know, like we said, it, it, some of these defenses across the league are just better. Like the 49ers' defense is unbelievable. You know, Dallas's defense is really good, but like all of these offenses are kind of like pedestrian, above average at best. Even the Chiefs, their offense is not incredibly explosive. No, it's not. And, but the difference is, like they got Travis Kelsey. Defense, Chiefs defense is playing damn good. This playing year. damn good. Playing damn good. Really, Miami's de- offense is like the only offense that's like, oh my god, they're lighting the world on fire. But then on the flip side, they. But then, if you're giving up, you know, twenty five points a game, you're like. Cool, but if you can't stop nobody when you play someone worth the damn, you see the result. Right, but they do get back two valuable pieces of their secondary. They're going to get back Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey. So we're going to see what the – I mean, I don't know how, how much they can give them, but we'll see what happens. So, But let's also not forget Jalen Ramsey is coming off not his best season from last year. That's true. That's true. But, yeah, we'll see, though. Just having him on the field could help tremendously in terms of like – It does. And it, it, it helps in run support because Jalen Ramsey's not afraid to tackle. He sure the hell ain't. We have reached my favorite part of the show. It's a segment I like to call Big Time Plays of the Day. It's dedicated to all the things going on in the world. We're talking about the NFL, but we got to start with the college boys because it's a lot of interesting things that happened this weekend. First of all, I got to tell y'all, um, the Pac-12 is the best conference in college football this year. It is Absolutely. by far. The, and it's picking the absolute worst timing. <laughs> like, this it could not be worst, worst timing. timing possible. Oh, my goodness, it's bad. Like, 
from top, even some of the bad teams in that conference are like good. Like you, Washington struggled with Arizona State. You know, Colorado is gonna always be there with with Prime and 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 Shador and Travis. They're 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 always gonna kind of just be in the mix, even if they're losing bad games to Stanford. You have UCLA, Oregon State, Utah is Utah. We're gonna get to them in a second. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna just tell y'all, um, Lincoln Riley is a war criminal, and we've known this for a while, but for some reason. It is, it's especially bad now. Alex Grinch should never coach football again. He, sh- he should never be allowed to coach at the P5 level ever. He needs to go off into the sunset somewhere. Go, go to the Mountain West or something because get him as far away from USC as possible because as long as he is there, because it's like, bro, at some point, like, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, the players got to play. And I'm like, yes, I hear that. But if this happens everywhere you go, this happened for f- five, six, seven, or whatever number of years it was at at Oklahoma. Doesn't matter who you brought in there. This was happening when he was at Oklahoma. Now you come to USC, same thing is happening for two or three years at USC. It's him. <laughs> it's not the players anymore. I don't know if it's who they're recruiting, but he's got to go. He's got. He should. He should have been fired after that game. Really, honestly, he wouldn't have made it off of, out of the football stadium. He would not have made it out of the Coliseum if I was AD. I promise you. I'd have told Lincoln either you fire him or I'm gonna get rid of both of you. I, you fire him or I fire you. What you want? Like, we, we, let's make this easy. Because like, <laughs> look, I, we, it ain't gonna hurt neither one of us. It you ain't gonna hurt neither one of us. You gonna get a new job like that? I'm gonna get a new coach like that. So the difference is, you ain't gonna be living in sunny Southern California no more. Well, you might, because you're going to get that generational buyout. I mean, you you, you might. You yeah, got that you, beach you house. You, you saw his beach house, right? You saw his beach house. That's a, that I man mean, living. He took a year off and said, fuck it. I'm still getting paid, but right. I need the coach for Right. So you, you, you got that. You, you, you have that. So that that's that. Then we have this craziness going on in Michigan, because for some reason, Jim Harbaugh just cannot chill. Just chill the fuck out. Just just lay low. Just stop being in the news for once, bro. You got recruiting violations, which I didn't think were possible in the NIL era, but you got recruiting violations. You got you you now you out here stealing signs which I still don't understand exactly what is wrong with what he was doing because my thing is from what I understand, this guy Stallions, I don't know his first Counter Stallions, I believe is his full name has gone to something like 30 football games where he's paying his money as a paying customer to sit in the crowd and record hand signs, hand signals, record like what's going on. And my thing is, is that not what scouting is? Like, do they not do that in the NFL? Do they not do that in they high school? That, they do that in high school. Do you not know in my city, our middle school coaches jobs on Friday nights is to go scout the other team. Go scout the other team. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, what is what is it that he's doing that has become so egregious that the NCAA felt they needed to step in? And also for the average civilians out there who are looking at signs for college football. Do you know how hard it is to steal fucking signs? First of all, how many times have y'all watched a college football game like Let's not let's not forget a college football game is three hours long. Right. How many of y'all have watched the game full length and picked up on what every sign means or any sign? It's hard as shit. So if you're doing that, hey, more kudos to you because look, I've been on it. 
I, I've been on the field. I've been on the field and missed some signs because they were so fucking subtle. So let alone from the stands. Like, what do you know about a quarterback doing this? And that's a whole play. Right. And that's why they... That's a whole... Matt Rule, I saw a video. He was talking about it where it's like college is a little bit behind the eight ball in terms of like the reason sign stealing is even able to happen in college is partially because they don't do it like the NFL or in high school where like, yo, you have to know a play. Like in the NFL, they have them long ass plays where like, it's like four different things and the receivers know what they're supposed to do. The linemen know what the blocking is and the running backs know what they're supposed to do. The quarterback has to know all of it, but it's some super long play like Spider two, wide banana, trips right, monkey left, such and such, such and such. And the quarterback has to know all of that. But they don't do that in college. In college, you got big white boards with with uh, John Legend, uh, a, a bulldog puppy, <laughs> um, or your duck sign, and Beyonce, and, and do that craziness. And it's like, yeah, there's a, I mean, it, it, it feels like when you see that, it would be pretty obvious to be able to steal it. Like, oh, when Beyonce's up, that means they're running, insert whatever play they're running. Like, you know, so it's just... Something to the left. They show a picture of Bob Ross. You figure he's an artist, he's a painting, so he, they're running a draw play. <laughs> like, you know, these, I feel like it would be pretty easy to steal signs when, you do, when you're doing foolishness. Low-key, that is some of the, that's some of the logic that some of these plays follow. Yeah. No, I literally saw a dude, it was an announcer on ESPN call out, like, he, they had a Bob Ross call for like an audible and he's like oh that means they're running a draw and if he can see that from the booth you think a coach in the building like out like this is what he does for a living wouldn't figure that out right and then on top of all of that michigan don't even need to steal signs bro like when you're playing icdc college and harper school for the deaf every week it's not like you need to steal signs anyway like bro they're, they're gonna beat you by 52 anyway they don't need to steal your signs Look, Deion Sanders had the best quote about this. He's like, steal signs? I could write out my whole game plan and, and mail it to him. You still got to show up and stop it. Right. I don't know if you oh, heard yeah. that story about Mike Leach where he created an entire fake playbook. Oh, yeah. Against Texas. Yeah, against That's Texas. Just, yeah. And they thought they had it all figured out, but he was running the opposite plays. Like, yo, I can give you my playbook, but if you can't stop it, then what you going to do about it? If I... It's not hard. Like when Ohio State throws the ball, eighty-five percent of the time, who's it going to? Marvin Harrison. It's, it's going to Marvin Harrison. It's not hard to figure out. But can you stop him? I remember uh, what's it guy? Larry Allen, greatest left tackle ever, probably. You remember Justin Tuck told this story. He was on back in the day with um, Dan Levitard and Poppy. He was on that show. And he was talking about, yo, the, the most dominant force I ever went up against was Larry Allen. I remember he walked up to the offensive. He walked up after the play. The play is called. He's walking up to me. He looks at me and he says, two, two. Because he said, this play is coming right here. It's coming right to you. What you going to do about it? And he's like, what the fuck was I going to do? Because <laughs> it's Larry Allen. Like, what am I going to do? And then it always leaves a little question in the defender's minds. Like, bro, is he really do? Is he telling me the truth? Because I've definitely lied to some corners before. Bro, this, this this play is going right here. We are running power right at you. Do something Stop about me. it. Dude, stop me. Like, bro, stealing signs. Like, I don't. I ain't trying to hear all that bullshit, bro. Like, 
like I said, no. considering the level of competition that you're playing on top of the anything, just first and foremost, the level of competition, it's not like Michigan's playing anybody anyway. So, you know, like until they play Penn State and Ohio State at the end of the year. So it's like. It is what it is. Signal, stealing, calling, whatever. Like when I was in college, we had we had a. Free, y'all know freeze play. You're just trying to get the defense to jump off sides. Y'all don't really have a name for it. We literally would just yell out places that were cold. Monta- Montana right. Montana right. Alaska down. Alaska down. It, it just meant freeze play. Yep. And like, it, took, it took 10 minutes for anyone else to figure that out. It worked like three times that season. Nasty work. Nasty work. We were also horrible, so that's probably why. But... <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we we had a formation called we had two formations, red and black. You know, the R in red means right, and coach was like, I couldn't think of another color that started with L, so I'm using the L in black. Right, because black people stay taking L's. See, <laughs> that's crazy. Say no, nah, no, I'm joking. He didn't say that. Nah, but no, you're not. Fuck that coach. Right. <laughs> Damn, that's good. But yeah, moving on, moving on. So. We have a new champion among our ranks. Uh, well, I guess it's not really new if you are a repeat champion, but... Your organization is new. Y- your organization is new. It's, it's the first time since 2001 with the LA Sparks. We have a back-to-back champion in the WNBA. The Las Vegas Aces and my glorious Queen Asia Wilson have won their second consecutive championship, just like many people predicted. Um, beating the New York Liberty in one of the more interesting closeout games um you know it was back and forth you know it was down to a one point um and i'm gonna tell you that somehow some way asia wilson finished third in mvp voting this year and i i just i don't because i'm I'm gonna tell you like yo the wnba is not an old league like they've only this is only their 27th year that just or 26th year that just passed they came in existence like mid 90s yeah so they they yeah so this is a very young league they've only been around for 25 26 years asia wilson is already one of the greatest to ever do it in that league she is she is on her way she's well on her way right now she a two-time mvp i believe at the the current moment she's won a couple of defensive player of the years you got a finals mvp you're a two-time champion obviously what she did at south carolina like She's one of them ones, bro. And to quote another goat, Becky Hammond. And I and when I tell y'all, this is a direct quote. I am an old ass bitch. I done seen a lot of goats. I done played against a lot of goats. Points at Asia Wilson. She will be one of the goat of goats. And I'm just like, I fuck with Becky Hammond the long way. Right. If you get the Popovich seal of approval, hey. You my nigga. Becky one of upset. my people, bro. Becky one of my people, bro. <laughs> I was upset when Becky took the job with the Aces. I was just like, you 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 not go coach the Spurs? You not I, go take I over? just I I honestly, with all due respect to Becky, not to say that she doesn't deserve it, but I just think the the NBA is just not ready for it yet. Like, I don't disagree with you. I don't but, think I don't think professional sports in general, like the the male professional sports leagues, I don't think they're ready for it yet. Like to have a head 
woman coach. Like, it's not that they're not qualified. It's not that whatever, but just. It'll happen in basketball way before anything else, simply because women play basketball. Yeah, but even still, like, look, it's it's just certain. I don't uh, I don't disagree with politics you. are we we know how politics work. So if you get the pop seal of approval, that's all. You, that's good enough for me. I don't. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, but it's glad to see she went where she was appreciated and not. Did it. Tolerated. She went where she was actually desired. Yeah. And, you know, and it's working and out for it. And she can say shit like I'm an old ass bitch. And I'm like, hey, right. gotta be real. You gotta say that. Right. So it's like, and 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 I'm gonna tell you, it's crazy because I I do wonder. It's it's kind of funny because like you know Candace Park like the the idea of like oh they're like oh the super team era in the WNBA. Yes and no because even. In theory, like just based off everything that we've known about what is supposed, what constitutes being a super team, the Aces are not a super team. They drafted really well. They drafted Kelsey Plum. They drafted Asia Wilson. You know, they a handful of those other guys they drafted. And then every now and then you'll sign a free agent like a Chelsea Gray. You know, to to come in. The only real addition they had this year was Candace Parker. She didn't even really play half the season. And we're not going to act like Candace Parker is not on the on her way out of the WNBA up from her career. She's probably going to walk away this year. Because how old is Candace Parker at this point? 36? 36, 37. Now she just won her second ring. Or third like ring, she, actually. Her third ring. Like, she don't got nothing all, else to play for. She's, and she's already a GOAT of GOATs with Becky Hammond. So, like, there's... There's not much else for her to prove unless she wants to go out there one night and say, I'm going to show you young bloods how to ball and go drop 80 on somebody. Just make a little more money before she walks out. Because when she first got there, they weren't making no money. So now, you know, just get your money at the end of your career. Maybe that's what she want to do. But she even that. Getting, yeah. And she TNT money, too. So yeah, I was about to say, even that. Like, I don't know if she, she ain't one of those people that look like she hurting for, for money. It ain't like some of these other people. So, yeah. But I say all that to say the Aces... This is a really good damn team. And I, I, I feel like they could gun for that Comets record. Like, the Comets, remember, they won four straight to start out the league. Like, when the league first started, the Comets won four. I feel like they could do that if New York don't got something to say about it. Because they're going to be around. Like, you know, this year was was rough. You know, Brianna Stewart just didn't show up at all. <laughs> Sabrina Inescu might as well have been getting her cardio in. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen again next year. Like, I mean, at some point... While this core is together, I think they're going to win at least one. I feel like Connecticut could squeeze one in there, too. If they get, like, one more star, they they lost the star they did have. But I feel like Connecticut could, could make some shit shake, too. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting going forward with the WNBA and their Super League era. Because they're kind of technically in it just because of the Liberty. But, like, the Aces are just – I think there's a difference between being a super team – and a team that's very well put, like that's very well run and a well drafted organization, because you know. I think a team that's the Warriors and happened to just draft a bunch of guys who turned in the stars and added and look, Kevin Durant later, like. Hey, but they had two rings before he got there. And they had, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know if they're different than like the Miami Heat, where like, oh, D Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron all come down here to South Beach, like that. That's a super team. That's different. Yeah, that's a. That's a we don't have like the Celtics didn't start that, but you know. Yeah, no, I mean, but everybody did. But I'm talking about like the NBA really, the super team era in the 2010s is really what took off with everything that we know about the NBA now. 
And I feel like that's what people hope for the WNBA, that they can have that similar. Because I feel like when you, every every league needs a super team era, well, like basketball in particular, like you get a super team era and that kind of helps bring eyeballs to a, to a league and especially for one that's still growing like the WNBA is good for the league for a couple of years. But then like once, you know, you kind of flesh that stuff out and build that audience, then it's kind of like, yeah, you can go back to normal now. But you see that this era is what helps build the league and add and desperately add more teams that need to be in it. Because what's the WNBA sitting at now? 16 teams? I think so. Well, they just added the Bay Area squad. They're probably going to add um, one in. Houston, possibly. Houston needs to bring the comments back. They're probably going to get the comments to come back at some point. I feel like I don't know why Miami wouldn't have a team. I feel like eventually they'll get one. You know, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, expansion, every every league is looking to expand. So, I, mean, uh, I could see uh, St. Louis getting one simply St. because Louis, yeah. I have a basketball team. The Rams left and the only professional team is the Cardinals. Well, they have the Chicago sky that's close enough. I guess they have that St. Louis market, but and they have the blues for hockey. But that's different times of year. So Indiana yeah, fever sucks. So, you know, <laughs> but they're building. They're building. But New Orleans. Yeah. I don't think WNBA is not New Orleans. They don't. They're not. Nope. If you're not going to do a Houston team, hey, New Orleans, if you don't want to reopen that wound, that's close enough. Right. And they already got an arena. So. Dude. Yeah. It's not like Pelicans are using it for much winning. <laughs> Shit. But, yeah, speaking of which, so we're going to move on. We're going to move on. You played yourself. It's dedicated to people that should have sat down and ate their food. And look, obviously, I'm going to tell you. Um, Emmanuel Acho, there are a lot of times where he opens his mouth and you just wish he would have kept it closed. But this is not specifically on him because he's not the first person to have this line of thinking. But he made a tweet and a lot of people jumped on him for it that suggested that Caleb Williams should sit out the rest of the season because there's nothing left to play for after their loss to Utah. He's not going to win the Heisman. He's probably not going to go to the playoff. Um, and so they're like, oh, well, now he should sit out because, you know, prepare for the league. You're going to be the number one player. And I'm like, okay. I never was a fan of doing that even before. And I like back in the day, there was an argument to be made for that because players weren't getting paid. Like when people used to say it about Trevor Lawrence or when they would say it for like some of those other players, Zion Williamson in college, they were saying it because you weren't getting paid. Like there was no NIL yet. Now you get an NIL. Caleb Williams is one of the highest earning NIL people. So he's making more money almost in one year now than he would make as a rookie in the NFL. So the whole idea of risking your future, whatever, you're getting paid now. <laughs> and it would be stupid to, to, to not play because you're going to miss out on that. Secondly, athletes are not wired like that. No, athletes are wired to compete and actually play. And you know what? I think it's different from any other position, but at the quarterback position, that that's a whole different story. For the simple fact of, look, during those NFL interviews, during the draft process, they're going to ask you why you chose to do this, why you chose to do this and that, because I believe if you ask me, that looks like you lack leadership. Right. Like, this is, this is a whole other thing. Like, skipping a bowl game is one thing. You telling this dude to just 
sit out half a season? Uh, and for one, did you ever just think about this? Maybe he just fucking enjoys playing football. Right. Maybe it's just fun for him. Exactly. And I tell and I tell people this all the time because, you know, I mean, y'all as athletes, you know, you you played in college, you know, some of them. You don't get these moments back. No. And some of the some of the best moments that most athletes have or I know I have, a lot of my friends have, sometimes it's just being in the locker room, hanging out with your guys, doing something, doing something stupid before practice, watching that dude fall because he he got his cleats got caught in the turf or whatever before practice, and he knocks over the water. Like those are moments you don't get back. And we always talk about enjoy your youth, enjoy this and that. How old is Caleb? Twenty one. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, twenty one. Let a 21-year-old kid, because that's what 21-year-olds are, kids, let them be a kid. Let them enjoy life. Hell, he's going to have... His, his pro career may or may not work out. That's to be said. That's not putting down any, putting him down any. That's just the facts of life. It may or may not. His collegiate career, career is already in stone as pretty damn successful. Right. And it's like, the other thing with it is... We're seeing this a lot now, even down to the high school level. You got guys who are like sitting out their senior year of high school to get ready to go play in college. And I'm just like, bro, in high school, that's the last time you'll play before it becomes a business. Like, what are you doing? Like back in the day when I was a kid, my dad would always he would always ask me, would you try to graduate early to to enroll early in college and get a head start on spring ball? I'm like, no. At 10 years old, I knew, no, I want to enjoy my high school experience. I want to go to prom. I want to hang out with my dogs, at, you know, in the Walmart parking lot in our days off. And to this day, I said, even though I didn't go to a big major school like I always dreamed of, I still say to this day, my last eight weeks of high school were the best eight weeks of my life. It was just carefree, stress-free. Yeah, my classes are pretty much done. Uh, all I have to do is work out, you know, hang out with my dogs. And that's something that you will never get back. Right. And then even in college, like, yeah, it's somewhat of a business, but it didn't as much of a business as the NFL. Like in college, you still have tradition and, and pageantry and all this stuff. Like you don't have that corporate crowd and all these people. Like it's, it's still college. You know, you still have big games and stuff like skipping bowl games is still kind of unfortunate for me i understand why they do it i don't like but, it because i personally wouldn't leave my friends yeah. hanging like that and there i remember is a podcast is an espn podcast where a guy did a story and he said there was he he it was an unnamed player he spoke to who said that he he skipped a bowl game his senior year and he regrets it to this day that, and it's something he wishes he could have back so like even that. So you're telling me that's just one game. You're telling me a dude that would just sit down for half a season. And plus, I mean, even if he wasn't, a, I mean, he's a, he's a black quarterback, so we already got that working against him. But even if he wasn't, you gonna tell me because this is, the, the people who say this aren't gonna be paying his bills for him if mm-hmm. he drops in the draft because some scout evaluator looks at it and it's like, oh, this dude. People are like, they're going to argue he doesn't have nothing to play for. But it's like, wait a minute. 
if you're a, if you're an NFL talent evaluator and you're looking for the next future of your franchise, and this guy who's supposed to be a generational talent, what you see is here's a guy who, when things got tough and the chips are down, he folded and he quit on his team. It's going to show he's lacks intangibles. He lacks intangibles. That's what they're going to say if he does that. Not. He's trying to prepare for his future. They're not thinking that. They're thinking, yo, this is a guy who quit on his team halfway through the season when they started losing and things got difficult and it wasn't all handed to him. And and if he did that at that level, what you think he's going to do when we hand him a $100 million contract? Especially when you think of the NFL. Hey, every season you're not going to have championship aspirations. Right. There's going to be years, fam, you're going to go 6-8. You're you're gonna go five and twelve, and if you're like, going first in the draft, you absolutely going to a team that might not win a game your first year. You yeah, might, you're, you might go four and thirteen. So you're you're gonna tell me, hey, fam, it's week ten. We got seven more games to play, but because we're three and seven, you don't want to play no more. Yeah, you know. And then, like you said, just because, yeah, Heisman and playoffs, sure, those are out, but there's still so many other things on the table. Like you said. There's still seven more games to prove. Well, what does he? How does he respond when the chips are down? When you've lost two in a row and you've had two bad losses, how is he going to respond? You can still, you still got that to play for to show people this is how I respond when I'm facing adversity. You still have a Pac-12 championship. You can fuck around. The Pac-12 will cannibalize itself. It does it every year. <laughs> you you can still fuck around and be in the mix at the end of the season. And, you know. And you know what? I might just be saying this from you know. It might feel like this is a sports movie or I'm just being, you know, overly ambitious or I'm just trying to be, you know, have a dream. 90% of the guys on this roster will not play it down in the NFL. 90% of the roster will never go. Right. You owe it to those guys to play to play your heart out for them so they can continue with what little time they got playing this game. Right. Give them the memories they won't forget. Because football ain't basketball. Football ain't soccer. Football ain't baseball. You can go play pickup basketball anytime. There are beer softball leagues across the nation. You can go play pickup soccer with my homies Julio and Jose right now. And it's raining outside and I can't. Once you take that helmet off, you're never putting it on again. Never. Never. You can you can go play seven on seven, it ain't the same. You will hell, it's hard enough to find 14 guys to go play seven on seven. But regardless of that, once you put take that helmet off, you're never wearing it again. And even if you end up not in the NFL, even now you have like the XFL and all these other leagues, but it still ain't the same as going to the University of Southern California. University of Southern California has a bigger budget than the entire XFL. Like, look. Well, Dwayne The Rock Johnson got money, so I don't know about that. I mean, a couple years ago I'd have said that, but it's, First it's of The all, Rock, bro. Are we going to act like uh, USC's alumni ain't got more money than The Rock? He probably wanted to, well, no, he went to Miami. Yeah, you're right, you're right. No, you're right, yeah, it is USC. Spielberg will walk by the facility and drop the the Rock's net worth out of his pocket. And be like, well, guess we get new uniforms. That's true. Will Ferrell, you know, I mean, they they be having people. They're crazy people. Yeah, USC got a crazy alumni base. So, yeah, no, you're right. But I think you the biggest private school in the nation. No, I don't know if they are. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, I, don't don't hold me on that one. I'd have to look that uh, up. Because USC sits at like 40,000 students, you know, for a private school. That's humongous. Yeah. So, you do that. So, yeah. Do we say all that to say, Caleb better not 
I mean, Caleb probably wasn't thinking about that anyway, but like the people who, and then the last thing I'm gonna say on this is like people are, it's a lot of people that just do not care about college football who are making all the decisions on behalf of college football and are ruining the sport because of it. Like there's a reason that we love college football in some cases more than we love the NFL because it's different. It's different, you know, the tradition, the pageantry, the things that you don't really get in the NFL. And we're erasing all that in the name of bigger TV deals you know, realignment is ruining a lot, enough stuff as it is. Now you got guys, you know, sitting out bowl games and all this other stuff. And now you suggesting that this dude that's supposed to be a generational talent. Now you suggesting that he just sits out for half a season during the year that he is getting paid. It's not like he's not getting paid anymore. Like back in the day when they were going to bed hungry. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I ain't with that. I ain't with that. And I know he ain't either. So yeah, but Moving on, moving on. Um, while we're talking about football, we, we just talked about it. So the Olympics done fucked up <laughs> because now there's a chance that we might have Olympic football or at least flag football in the Olympics. And NFL players apparently are being encouraged to join it. And I just want to tell you, some of the memes that I've seen are just hilarious because I'm like, bro, can you imagine being some pig farmer in Uzbekistan having to line up and cover Tyreek Hill in the gold medal game at the Olympics, bro. Like, what are we doing? Oh, forget that. Imagine being a, being that same yam farmer in Uzbekistan and lining up and just looking at DK Metcalf. Like, hey, who y'all ain't drug test that? Right. That's just walking around in America. Like, that's just a thing. That's not a weapon. That's not a weapon. Imagine being a banker in North Korea and you have to line up at linebacker and you see Derrick Henry in the backfield. Like, what are we doing? You're like, bro, what are we doing? Who let this happen? We will start a war. <laughs> this is y'all done. Yeah, no, no, I can't. I, I can't. And what's crazy is we're we're definitely going to treat this like team, like USA Basketball used to treat it. But yeah. like, we don't need to send Pat Mahomes. We can send Tyrod Taylor. But that, that, but that's the point. That's what I'm. That's the point I'm gonna make because it's different than basketball. Because in basketball, people will argue. You know, the rest of the world is kind of caught up to the U.S. in basketball. Yes, the world will never catch up <laughs> in football. Because half the world doesn't play it, so that's the other issue. So but like, ninety never... there's like twelve countries that even know what American football is. Right, Australia might be the close. American Samoa actually would give us a fight, but I guess most of them would be playing for the American side. I guess, but like, well, American Samoa might have a chance if we were playing tackle football. But this is just flag, so that size advantage kind of goes out the window. Well, well, some of the safeties. Like, if you put Hafanga back there. I I mean, yes, but you're also forgetting none of these countries grew up playing football like us. Like, dog, this is just another afternoon in the park. They're learning a completely new game. But even if they did play tackle, like, yeah, the flag flag is funny enough, but, like, even if they did introduce tackle and, like, you know, you get rugby players from Australia or something, imagine being, like I said, it just – being a banker from Japan and you got to defend the edge from Micah Parsons. <laughs> Yo, what are you doing? You the world will like, never catch up with football. What other countries consider big, it ain't American big. 
like, yeah, in basketball, you got some bigs, but you only need, like, three of them. Right. And in football, you need ten of them. Motherfuckers. You need, you need five on the O-line. You need, like, seven to rotate on the D-line. You need a lot of big people, and y'all country's not fat enough to deal with us. Y'all ain't there. Y'all ain't there. Except for Samoa, like we said. Except for them. But, yeah. So, yeah, the world done fucked up doing that. Whether it's flag, tackle, it doesn't matter which version. It's like, yeah. Flag would be even funnier because, like I said, having to be a pig farmer from Russia guarding Tyreek Hill, you think Russia funny. hates us enough as it is. It's even funnier because Tyreek Hill does not look overly athletic. He just looks like an average-sized dude who works out. Right. Or like, like Jamar Chase. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. yeah. Then you blink, and you're like, y'all get the y'all get the number of that truck. Why did why that Ferrari just run by you? Yeah, imagine just being a diplomat from France having to cover Justin Jefferson. Like it just it, it's not fair. It's not fair. But yeah, we move on from that. We're gonna wrap things up with this final question. I gotta ask you know along the lines of football. I gotta ask you. Um. Yeah. So, like we said, NBA basketball is starting up now. You know, um, our both of our teams are expected to do big things this year. Shout out to the Bucks and Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler and the Weave. Um. Well, Bob, I guess. But yeah, the the basketball season has officially started. I mean, we already seen the Lakers lose to the defending champions. So that's kind of the start of things right now. But with that being said, any thing you're looking forward to this year any hot takes anything that you think we ought to be paying attention to this upcoming nba season well a hot take i'm gonna let you know the boston celtics are gonna be worse i can see it i can see it porzingis does not make you better because for one you got rid of all your bigs you got rid of grant you got rid of uh rob williams and porzingis has shown throughout his entire career he does not want to be a center he doesn't want to do it. And now you're literally saying, hey, fam, we need you to play center. That defeats the purpose. You you gave up a lot of pieces for Drew Holiday. You're asking Derek White to do a lot. And you did all this. Um, you're still not better than the Bucs. Um, I don't think, I still don't think relying on Jason Tatum is going to get the job done. He hasn't shown me he's mentally any better. Um, Jalen Brown. Um, again, even though you paid him, I still think he has a bone to pick with y'all just for the whole process. It didn't it didn't sit well with him, if you ask me. Um, and and, still, can, and he, he still can't dribble. Okay, dribble. And all in all, it's fuck Boston. I st- I think y'all are the most the second most talented team in the East, but I still don't think you got the mental capacity to deal with the Heat if they're playing well. You're not better than the Bucks talent wise nor mentality wise and if the Sixers get some kind of haul for James Harden I don't think I don't think Porzingis is stopping Embiid from getting 50. I mean it don't matter with that though because the Sixers ain't gonna do nothing anyway. They're not but still (laughs) the Boston Celtics will be worse. Yeah I I can see that you know as a Bucks fan that would do my heart some good if that happened because that's the thing, as a Bucks fan, that um, the Boston was the one that was standing in our way. And I'm just like, bro, when you get rid of the entire Giannis wall, I'm talking Grant Williams is gone, Marcus Smart is gone, Robert Williams is gone. 
the primary defender now will be Al Harford. 38-year-old Al Harford, God bless him. It's cool to guard Giannis when you had help. <laughs> but it's cool to catch him on the switch or a possession or two here and there. That's cool. You in the NBA, you got pride. I hope you can guard Giannis for a possession here and there. But a whole game? You not no young man no more. It's going to be a lot of switching that's going to happen. You're going to have some times when Drew and Derek White are guarding him. You're going to have some times when Porzingis is going to have to catch him in the paint. But it still won't matter because now he has Dame on his other side. And you still got Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, and Bobby Portis are all still there. You've added Malik Beasley as a shooter. You've added you, Jay Crowder is going to be there again. You know, he can give you one or two buckets a year. And, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I think Bochamp is going to take a step forward. But this isn't hot take. I'm, I'm, I'm actually have my hot take. My hot take is this. The Phoenix Suns will lose in the second round again. Yep. Fuck Bradley Bill. This is a glorified AAU team. Kevin Durant be building glorified AAU teams. I think that... It's going to take it. I mean, I just, I don't know where Brad, I mean, not that he can't fit because he's a great player, but there's a lot of ball dominant uh, guards and stuff. And yeah. I guess they have a little bit of a bench now, but I just still don't trust Phoenix. You know, there's not enough shots to go around. And I, I literally text you earlier today before you even sent me the show rundown. I could name you eight guards who are better than Bradley Beal and three are, that are for sure better than Bradley Beal and four guards that are like, and eh, maybe is maybe that, but they have a solid argument against him, but he's getting paid. Like he's a top five. I mean, he has top five talent, but like you say, yeah, they're there. Like you said, you, you can name a handful that are probably better. You know, I rock with so, Brad though. I, I, you know, but yeah, he, he, he's not a top five player. Right now, I don't know if he'll ever be one again. There was a time when you could make the argument, but, I, but he just, they just didn't win enough. So, Bradley Beal is a good guy. I love what he does with his AAU team. Just on the court, his I'm, I'm better than all you niggas. <laughs> you can't go to y'all guard. None of y'all niggas like, can guard me. Like, oh, Brad Beal. There's a bunch of guys in the NBA you can't guard, so I don't know why we're talking. Like this. Yeah, but they're in the NBA. Exactly, which is why he <laughs> talking can talk to. to he can talk to high school kids like that. Yeah, I get it. That's the point he's trying to make is that y'all are trying to get to where I'm at. Yeah, that's what, like I said, I don't have any beef with him personally. I think he's a good guy. It's not like Marcus Smart. Y'all know I got beef with Marcus Smart. But I just don't think Brad <laughs> B is that guy. But you're paying him like he is, and you have a depleted roster partially because of it. Well, I mean, now they, they kind of filled it out a little bit, and I think the, the, the bench is slightly better now than it was when they first got him. But like you said, I, I just still think the West in particular, like Denver ain't going nowhere because they brought pretty much everybody back except Bruce Brown, who I think they will miss him. But like they, they've got enough that they're going to be all right. The Lakers are going to always kind of sort of be there with LeBron if Anthony Davis can kind of eventually, you know, if y'all going to keep relying on 38-year-old 21 seasons in LeBron James. We have a problem. We have a problem. But... I said this all offseason. Nobody got better than Denver. Nobody nobody got better than Denver. They can still march three seven-footers out there, plus Jamal Murray. How, how and, not lose, and they don't lose nothing doing that either. Like, most teams lose something, and they don't they, lose nothing. Every single one of those seven-footers can give you 20 to 25 points on any given night. And they can all run. <laughs> they can all move. 
uh, Jokic, even though he doesn't play defense, <laughs> he's just big enough to get the damn way. That that's what it is. Now, and we can't forget Jamal Murray is wa- a walking 50, 50 piece at any moment. At any moment, I think this at year any- he finally makes an All NBA team. This year, because now that you win a championship, you're on people's radars now. So like you're you're gonna start winning personal accolades now. Like oh, he's gonna be an All Star and he's gonna be this. You're gonna get that now. So yeah, but. That being said, we got to wrap up another fantastic episode. You know, uh, Jamal, I want to thank you for stopping by once again. It's been a minute, but we made it happen. You know, shout out to D1 Ignite University. Check out their podcast on all streaming platforms. You already know what it is. Check out our new segment called it called Ignite Extra Credit. You know, we get into a little more detail of things we just couldn't fit in the show. You'll see, you'll hear me on it. You'll hear Scully on it. You'll hear a few of our favorite Ignite past members talking our shit because that's what we do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we got to get up out of here. We're going to see y'all when we see y'all. Deuces. Yeah.